Housing for the Aged Action Group, Hague for short, a housing group for older people run by older people. Present Raise the Roof! We advocate for secure, affordable and appropriate housing. So listen up on the second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 5.30pm on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. Uh, that's right. You're listening to Raise the Roof. I wonder if you've taken me off cue, Fiona. I am have. I on the air? I yeah. am on the air. You're Perfect. The You're air. listening to Raise the Roof, the Housing for the Age Action Group show here on 3CR, 8.55am. My name is Shane. Uh, Fiona accused me of making too much noise in the studio. She told me she was putting me on cue. I didn't see her flick the switch. So that's why we're off to such a great start today, listeners. Uh, and obviously the person I'm in the studio with is Fiona. How are you today, Fiona? I'm going well. I'm looking forward to the end of the year. Very much so. Oh, really? I'm just so dedicated to our work that I wish it could go on forever with no breaks. Oh, luckily, that's pretty much the case. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, So today what we have for you is an interview with Rose Bruce Smith from the Consumer Action Law Centre, or CALC, talking about, well, I guess you'll hear what we're talking about. Why don't we just go straight to it? Okay, let's do that. Okay, we're joined in the studio today by Rose Bruce Smith, who is a policy officer from Consumer Action Law Centre. How are you going today? I'm good, thanks. How are you guys? Yeah, pretty good. Welcome. Um, so first up, can you just tell us a bit about Consumer Action Law Centre and what it does? Yeah, so we're a non-profit, government-funded community legal centre in Melbourne. Uh, we offer consumers, well, Victorians, assistance with different consumer law issues. Uh, so we do that through our wonderful team of lawyers and our equally wonderful team of financial counsellors. They answer calls to the National Debt Helpline um, and give consumers targeted advice about how to manage their debts team I'm in is called Policy and we advocate with the government and with business for better outcomes for consumers. Yeah, cool. Um, so we're obviously wanting to focus on older people. Um, mm-hmm. Would you be able to tell us a little bit about, I guess, some of the things that you see that are impacting older people in particular? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Older people experience consumer issues in ways that are the same as everyone else and also so particularly targeted. Um, One of the things we've been talking about a lot recently is the move towards a cashless society. So you might have seen it in the news today that there's a real future that we might not have access to cash. And for heaps of people, whether they be older or not as uh, financially literate, um, cash is a really important way for them to access essential services. Uh, so that's one thing. Another thing we really see is the rising cost of essential services. For energy bills are just going higher and higher, and older people, especially people in insecure housing, where they can't afford to invest in the things that would make their home more efficient, or their landlords are equally inclined not to invest, that can be a, a major issue. Um, a lot of consumer issues all interact with each other, and I could sort of fall into each one very quickly. Um, Yeah, well, maybe tell us a little bit more about that. So you're hearing from, I Mm. guess, older renters in particular who are struggling with their energy bills. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Or equally, people who may have a home, but that's the only asset they have and they mm. have no income. Um, And that means that a small bill can rapidly become a very big problem that could threaten their home security. Yeah. Um, Some of the things we've seen is insurance becoming more and more unaffordable, especially if you live in a disaster-prone area. 
and with the climate going the way it is, we're seeing more and more disasters, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. And so people that are in flood-prone areas or fire-prone areas? Yeah, those are the two big ones we're talking about after last year. Especially we're seeing premiums go to sometimes 20000 for the year, which is just... Yeah, it's really impossible. And then for people navigating their insurance, that raises a whole other issue. Um, often we see older people have a lot of loyalty towards their financial institutions mm. and for good reason. Um, unfortunately, that loyalty is not always rewarded. You know, you've heard about the premium, t- loyalty premium. So when people stay with their insurer or their bank for years and years, they're not getting as good an offer as a new consumer would be. So that's particularly something that an older person might not realise is really affecting their bottom line. So actually they're getting punished for being loyal. Yeah, yeah, and that can that can happen to everyone, but it's particularly pronounced when you've been with the same institution for 10 or 20 years. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and the other issue that I think you mentioned before mm-hmm. was uh, door-to-door selling. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, yeah, we see that a lot. It's... Um, it's an interesting issue for sure. There are some services that will go out there. They'll knock on a door. They might potentially target different sides of town where they think people are more likely to be convinced by something up. So it's really high-pressure sales tactics, which we've seen some protections come in in recent years. So, for example, the do-not-knock sign, a door-to-door salesperson has to respect that as much as they would someone answering the door and saying, I don't want to speak to you, go away. So that's a really great improvement, but we're still really seeing people pushing the boundaries, come through, not clearly disclosing who they are, who they work for, the commissions they might be receiving. Um, One thing that we see a lot is that people aren't aware that when they've agreed to purchase something from the door, they actually have a 10-day cooling-off period. Mm. That's not always clearly explained to them. And then when they sit back and realise that they've been sold something that really doesn't work for them, that period's already elapsed. Um, And it's quite hard to access assistance for someone to look at it and say, actually, this is what the law is. You have rights here and let's enforce them. You know, it's just not available to so many people. Yeah. So if people were getting those kinds of, um, I guess, deals that they've signed up to and they start to have second thoughts, are they able Mm. to ring your helpline and get advice about those sorts of things or would you just say to anybody you know the 10-day cooling off period is a thing that you should be aware of or like how do you go about addressing those sorts of things? Yeah definitely say to people to be mindful of the cooling off period but absolutely if they can give our service a ring um, it's uh, the numbers available I can get that for you and the different hours that's accessible but we might be able to provide some one-off assistance about that if it looks like a really um bigger problem we can try and look and see if there if we can provide some more targeted advice you know maybe assist in writing a letter obviously there's always capacity restraints with any service but we're certainly seeing it come up more and more and I think um, different community organizations around the country would say that too yeah yeah um, one of the other things, because I think it was Consumer Action Law Centre that actually came up with the Do Not Knock sticker campaign, which is pretty awesome. Um, I didn't realise that that was a thing <laughs> that you guys did. So that's that's really cool. Yeah, um, some beautiful advocacy. Yeah, yeah. And I guess um, as well as that, there's generally um, dispute resolution has been a big issue for a lot of residents in retirement housing and in other areas as well. And um, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your kind of... Um, lemon car campaign and and the dispute resolution proposals that you have with that as well yeah for sure so the lemon car campaign has been a part of consumer actions work for a really long time i think it's getting on to towards 10 years oh my god and still no change (laughs) (laughs) well it feels like we've got some momentum at the moment so fingers crossed but 
Yeah, the reason we focus on it so much is because if you look at, say, a 10-year period in someone's life, if they buy a car, that's going to be their biggest purchase. Mm. That's going to be huge. And we know how much it affects people living in different areas. I mean, everyone knows if you live rural and regional, you you really need a car, you know. Um, the V-Line can only get you so far, but even in Melbourne, having access and the physical ability to take public transport, to access your resources, um, to get out of an unsafe situation, you know, we know know how important cars are for people and we commissioned some research from the Consumer Policy Research Centre this year. They just put out this wonderful, quite long and detailed report about all the surveys which are quite astonishing the number of people, so it was over 50% of people had an issue with their car um, when they bought it from a dealer. Those issues showed up really, really quickly um, to the extent that you would think that potentially the dealer knew that there was going to be an issue in a lot of the cases. Um, the problem once you have a faulty car is that there's often just so many steps to try and address that issue and you have to keep the car while you're doing it. Mm. So you're, you're paying, you're often paying a loan to keep this car that actually doesn't work for you and it's just costing you so much. Uh, so that that's why it's such been such a core campaign of ours for years. In this case, what we've proposed is an industry-funded dispute resolution service. So second-hand dealers are already licensed. Um, how other dispute resolution services like the Australian Financial Complaints Authority works is that members pay a set fee and then when they have a dispute go through they'll pay a scaling fee on how far the dispute takes to resolve. That means that there's a real incentive on the members to try and resolve those disputes early and ideally prevent any disputes coming up at all. So that's a really important part of what we proposed. Um, We've also proposed that it needs to be quick. At, at the moment, it's taking people over two years if they can resolve their faulty car at all. Mm. Um, we need something that's quicker. We need something that is funding expert reports for people to be able to evidence the issues in their car. Um, it's the whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I guess that model could potentially be applied to other areas as well. Mm. So in the retirement housing space, you'd be asking the retirement housing operators to pay for the dispute resolution rather than the residents Mm. and therefore they've got some sort of incentive to actually resolve those disputes. Yeah, I think it's a compelling model in all sorts of areas where you're seeing businesses make money off of people who aren't always being treated right. Mm. If you can put an incentive on them to stop those issues arising and then address them when they do promptly, quickly, efficiently. Yeah, Yeah, it's a really powerful model, I think. Yeah, I mean, one of the problems that we see for retirement housing residents, which really parallels what you're saying, is often to get their disputes resolved, they would require expert reports. You know, VCAT's not going to make orders that the site owner fixes the subsidence without the provision of an expert report, and that's financially out of reach for a lot of people. So that's one one of the reasons that we wanted to have you in today, because it seemed like the parallel was so obvious. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the other thing that we wanted to talk about today was scams. You said that you do some work around scams. Can yeah, that? that's been another major campaign of ours for recent times. Um, you've We've seen the amount of money getting lost to scams just increasing exponentially. These scams, they're incredibly sophisticated. They're being run by offshore call centres. They have quite incredible technology. Um, unfortunately, Australians, due to our relative wealth in the world, is being really targeted for these scams, I think. And what we're seeing, despite some really great recent initiatives by the government and by the banking sector, we're just not seeing the 
investment in technology needed to protect Australians from scams. And what we're really seeing is that the onus is still on the consumer. So we're seeing that in the education campaigns, you know, be aware, which is great, but not everyone can be aware. Yeah. Yeah. So could you describe some of the scams that are, are kind of proliferating? Like what sort of things are, are people, what's happening to people, particularly older people, I guess? Yeah. So we really focus on scams that are coming through the financial sector. So I, you know, there's a broad range, but one that we're really concerned about is this really sophisticated spoofing of numbers. So you get a call and it looks like it's from your bank or it looks like a text from your bank and they're saying, your account's been compromised, you need to get in touch with us, we can help you fix this. Um, the person is responding to that, they're giving them the numbers that come from the authenticator from their app. It all sounds very, very legitimate. They're being put under a lot of pressure, saying your money's at risk right now. And then they realise that the money's been been taken out and it's it's very rapidly going out of the country, whether that's through different banks or through crypto platforms. And once out of the country, there's virtually no possibility of recovering it. So is this happening via the phone or via text messages or? Both. Yeah. Um, both people are also getting emails. You know, some are easier to spot than others. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, following on from that, wh what's quite scary is that people who've fallen victim to one scam are often victimised by an author. So someone might contact them saying, I can help you get oh. your money back. Oh, no. And, and you want to, you really want to when you're in that position, you're so vulnerable. You might not have told your friends or your family about what you've lost and here's someone saying, hey, I can fix it. Um, almost invariably, those turn out to be another scam. Oh, my God, it's so evil. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really scary. And we're just seeing the level, the level of sophistication and how prolific these scams are. Your average consumer is not really placed to deal with it. Yeah, so one of the ones I guess that I know that my mum nearly fell for was the Dear Mum one, yeah. which was um, pretending to be someone that you know asking for money. Is that something that you're hearing through your, through your work as well, those sorts of ones? We've seen a few of those. I don't think it's the most um, prolific one that comes through. Uh, another one we've seen a lot, I mean, investment scams are definitely the biggest um, scam losses. I think the National Anti-Scam Centre has some data to show that. Uh, the other thing we're seeing is that right now people are so strapped for cash that when they see a wonderful investment opportunity, whether that's on Facebook or Google, they really want to believe it and they'll they'll go for it and not realise that that might be a scam. Mm. Yeah, so they're all sort of online kind of platforms which might pop up saying... yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. And what do you think the government should be doing about this? Like, obviously, at the moment, it's all about community education, which is putting it back on the individual yeah. person. But surely there's a bit more of a systemic approach that could be taken. Absolutely. That's what we've been calling for. We have seen some really great initiatives just in the last few weeks, which has been oh, good. really exciting. So the Australian Banking Association has agreed, so all the member banks, which is the big four and a few others, um, have agreed to mandate things like you won't be able to send money to someone unless you have their bank account name correctly. So that'll have to match. That'll call, I'll come in in about a year and a half, which mm. is really exciting. The government has also just put out a draft scams code that will apply to the banks, telecom companies and digital platforms like Facebook. So that's a really exciting new step. We're we're always calling it for it to be stricter, for it to be stronger. And one thing we'd really like to see is mandatory reimbursement of scam victims through their bank. Mm. So it, in, except in, you know, really extreme cases of 
where, say, a consumer has been participant in the scam, which you do see sometimes, which is quite distressing, but we want to see a presumption that the bank will refund the consumer when they have lost money to a targeted attack like this, especially when a bank has been really in, well impersonated. Yeah. And are people, many people getting their money back currently or? No, I think the latest stats from ASIC will show something like 2 to 5% of scam losses are reimbursed, oh, which no. is... Yeah, it's, and, you know, there are so many more losses that aren't even reported to the bank because people are too ashamed. Yeah, well. yeah, that's terrible. Um, so what is there anything else that Consumer Action Law Centre does that you'd like our listeners to know about or any other things that are coming up through your work? Oh, absolutely. Um, there's, there's just always such a load of work on. Um, it's really exciting. Another thing that is going to be coming out in the new future is a general unfair trading prohibition that the government's developing and we're doing a lot of work to try and advocate for what that will look like so that'll mean that something that the average consumer goes that's not right is hopefully going to be outlawed so yeah that's a really exciting one what's an example of that oh what's a good one um selling a really rubbish add-on warranty to a product hopefully (laughs) (laughs) I saw that was in the news recently. Today even. Yeah. Yeah, it was class action um, by a private law firm, which mm. is, um, yeah, quite quite exciting to see, see some pressure on the industry, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we will give out the contact number for the, the Calc Law Centre at the end of the show. So if anyone is interested and wants to get in touch, uh, get a you know pen and paper ready and we'll get that information to you a bit later. Yeah. And it's a really broad kind of remit, isn't it? Because it's all consumers kind of issues generally so every time you buy something is it would it would it be that broad yeah more or less yeah um yeah anything that you would buy any sort of goods and services um we do a lot with financial services and credit products like bank loans obviously because that's such a massive part of what people do um we also do a little bit of work with if people are facing bankruptcy um, so they've been served with a notice by uh, someone they owe money to saying they're going to take them to court. Um, yeah, we pick up some other ad hoc areas like that. And is it um, is it like an income asset type eligibility for the service? Are you going for people that generally can't afford representation elsewhere? or? So with the National Debt Helpline, anyone calling up will try and give them some advice and book them in for an appointment. Um, if someone owns five investment properties, they might not get the most helpful advice, uh, but there's no real eligibility on that. Um, for the legal services, it's always about capacity. Um, I think it's pretty rare that they're making a choice that someone can self-advocate. Often the choice is between five people that have no real ability to fund their own legal action and mm. we're picking the one that we can help the most. Um, Unfortunately, the services are always really oversubscribed. But that being said, if people call up about their consumer issue, they'll try and give them a few pointers to where they can find information online if it's something we can't help with. Yeah, I'd also mention that Calc has a really great uh, website that has lots Mm. of great information and resources. So uh, even if you just want some basic information to sort of advocate for yourself, there's a lot of really great stuff on the website, which uh, we'll put a link Oh, sorry, I say we. I'm looking at Fiona. Fiona will put a link uh, in the episode notes on yeah. the sh- for the show. Yeah, and we've always had a really great partnership with Calc around um, around retirement housing issues in particular. So it's great to keep hear about all your work and all the all the stuff that you've been doing. Um, is there any final things that you'd like to say to the listeners? 
Um, I didn't come prepared for that one. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, Merry Christmas. Stay safe. Um, don't buy anything online. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Try to. Oh God. Yeah. Try to stay safe and know your rights and advocate for them. I guess. Yeah. And if you're <laughs> having trouble advocating, you can always call Calc. Sure can. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for your time. It's lovely to to meet you and to have you come in today. Oh, thanks so much for having me on. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you're listening to Raise the Roof, the Housing for the Age Action Group show on 3CR 855 AM, and we're about to hear a couple of community service announcements. What's taking place in Palestine is horrendous. The people of Gaza who have survived ethnic cleansing, three wars and a 16-year siege are now facing the biggest attacks ever mounted against them. This will only stop if governments like ours demand that it stop. Here are some ways that you can keep yourself informed and involved. Listen in to Palestine Remembered every Saturday morning at 9.30am or listen to the podcast. Join the APAN mailing list at apan.org.au for updates, news about actions you can get involved in and where you can donate to provide humanitarian assistance. Listen to other news and current affairs programs on 3CR that also cover Palestine. The oppression of the Palestinian people has been going on for 75 years. It has to stop. You can be part of making that happen by staying informed and active. APAN is a proud supporter of 3CR. We know you love listening to 3CR, but we also know that many of you haven't downloaded the Community Radio Plus app yet. The app lets you tune in anywhere and share the station with your friends. So, show the love and share the love and search Community Radio Plus wherever you get your apps. Wait, you you can't just Fiona's just without any notice gestured at me uh, as if I knew what it was that we were going to say. Um, normally we talk a little bit more, we coordinate these things a little more. But you're back. Uh, we're just in the last dying stages of this radio show for 2023. Uh, we're going to give you some contact information, I suppose. Yeah. So, uh, Fiona, do you want to take us first with um, some hag contact information? Uh, no, I do not. I would rather you did that, Shane, because that's your forte. It's what yeah. you keep me around for. It's <laughs> the only reason I still have a job. The, um, so, let's start, actually, let's start with Calc. So, yeah. if you wanted to get in touch with the Consumer Action Law Centre to get some advice, uh, you can speak to a lawyer by calling 1-800-466-477. Uh, that line is open Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday from 10am to 1pm. That's 1-800-466-477. Uh, or their website, which I do recommend you check out if you're interested, is consumeraction, it's one word, .org.au. Yeah, it has some really great information there on all sorts of different things um, to do with buying things. So just to as do in... with buying things. Well, yeah. You've really got the technical the, terms down, haven't I you? I do. Well, it's nearly Christmas and people are going to be buying things. I think it's a good idea for them to have a look at the website before they do such a thing. I don't know that the, <laughs> I don't know that the listeners need to check the Consumer Action Law 
Lost in a website before they buy Christmas gifts. But okay, do what you feel. Um, our contact information, uh, if you're an older Victorian with a housing problem and you want to get some advice, uh, the best number to call is 1300 765 178. Uh, again, that's 1300 765 178. Um, or if you want to get in touch with HAG because you want to get uh, involved in some of our work around policy advocacy, you want to talk about non-bitsmen, uh, any of that sort of stuff, you can call us on 96547389. Become a member. We yeah. just had a lovely uh, Christmas party for our members and volunteers. We did. Just the other day. Yep. Uh, we had staff running out to order, can I have all of the pizza in this <laughs> shop? Uh, to the great surprise of the person at the counter. Um, to cater to uh, the hordes of volunteers who turned up. We also had uh, Colombian dancing, which was pretty cool. Colombian dancing. So these are just some of the benefits of getting more involved in HAG. And that number again is 96547389. Um, we should tell the listeners the HAG office will be closed between Christmas and New Year's. So yep. uh, closing down, uh, I think, 3 p.m. on the 22nd. That's right. Fiona has generously granted us a free two hours to uh, do our last minute Christmas shopping. Which they'll be reading the Calc website before they do so, I'm sure. <laughs> of course. Uh, and reopening uh, once the holiday, the New Year's holiday is over Which on the is, 2nd of January. Yep, 2nd of Jan. So if you do have an urgent um, issue requiring support, um, you can call the homelessness number um the general homelessness number that's but that's for just people that are in crisis otherwise we will be back on deck on the 2nd of january in oh my god 2024 crazy crazy it is i can't believe it's 2024 anyway that's about all we have time for um this we've got one more show before the end of the year and that's uh i think on the 27th around then i don't know around then um so make sure that you listen in join um join up with hag in the meantime if you get bored you've always got the community app to listen to community radio app such a good app i might go out with a song to commemorate the passing of shane mcgowan lead singer of the pogues and this song is called thousands are sailing so we'll go to that now see ya see ya Torch lights up a famished man Who fortune could not save Did you work upon the railroads? Did you write the streets of crime? Where your dollars from the White House? Where they from the five and time? Did the old sons turn to cheer you? And the still
Mr. Cohen, they're all Times Square's flame. 